Welcome to The Corporate Athletes. I'm your host, Rachel Findler, and this is episode six with professional basketball player, Christopher Sparts. Christopher has one of the most impressive athletic resumes I've ever seen. So I'm just gonna give you a little bit of backstory here. Christopher went and played at St. Ambrose University where he won two championships and a conference title. And then after university, he went and played professionally, actually not only just played, but captained the Washington Generals and traveled internationally playing and played against teams like Harlem Globetrotters. He then returned to St. Ambrose University where he was assistant coach and led the team to a Division II national tournament. Then he went to Ohio State University where he was the recruiting and operations coordinator for the men's basketball team. And while he was there, he recruited the top five recruiting classes. He clearly has an eye for talent. Then he got a call from the Costa Rican national basketball team asking if he would come and assist with coaching down there. So he left the States and headed down to Costa Rica. But now Christopher has founded Spart Sports which runs camps and coaching for kids and parents with some of the most well-known NBA stars like Kendall Gill. Christopher has an infectious enthusiasm that I know will inspire you. So during this episode, I want you to think about a couple things. I want you to think about your own career progression. Christopher has been remarkable at consistently moving forward in the basketball industry. So I want you to think about what you can do today that'll make a difference to your tomorrow and how you can continue to progress your own career. We also discuss recruiting and what to look for in an individual and how that will contribute towards having a successful team. Like I said, Christopher clearly has an eye for talent within individuals. So how can you spot that when you're hiring for your team? And we also touch on cultural differences. Christopher explained that when he went to Costa Rica, how he had to adapt his coaching style to meet their culture. Now every company has their own culture as well as obviously working internationally. So what can you do if you move to a new team um, or a new company? How can you adapt your own style? So if you want to find out more information about Christopher and his awesome basketball camps, uh, head over to spartsports.com. That's with Zs, spartsports.com. And you can find him on Twitter and Instagram with the same handle. It's at Coach C Sparts again with a Z. And if you enjoy this episode, please rate us five stars and leave a review. And if you have any questions, you can find me personally on LinkedIn, Rachel Findler, and I'll be happy to connect with you. All right, I'm going to hand this over to Christopher, and I hope you enjoy this as much as I do, because he's just such an awesome, enthusiastic guy and just a pleasure to talk with. Christopher, thank you so much for being here with us today at The Corporate Athlete. And I love that I'm looking at you in a suit and tie and you've got your basketball behind you. <laughs> I do. I do. It's Well, this is out of respect for you. Okay. Oh, perfect. So I appreciate you having me. This is, uh, is a real treat. Yeah, I love it. Is um, Have you got a basketball hoop in your office? I have no hoop in my office. I got to work in my office. No, I... Uh, <laughs> Uh, I have no hoop in my office. We leave that for the gym and that's where we get that work done. Yeah. How much time do you spend playing basketball these days now? These days it's a lot more on the court with, you know, with our, with our players. Um, it's a lot more teaching and serving them and, uh, and learning from them every day too, which is, which is a lot of fun. So a lot less playing, but you know, when you get those high level players in there, it's, it's fun to kind of compete. So. Yeah, does the ego scream at you when you go up against the players? 
you know, we all have a little bit of, you know, bravado, a little bit of ego that uh, we like to challenge each other with. And uh, so, yeah, every once in a while, um, you might hear me chirping a little bit. Is <laughs> the chirping like, because, you know, in the movies, they always make out that there's just endless chirping on the court. Is that true? Yeah. Uh, it depends on what type of player you are. I was one of those players and, and still am a little bit <laughs> within reason. I don't have the same game that I used to. So a lot less chirping. But uh, but yeah, you know, some players are, you know, silent assassins and nothing wrong with that either. So, yeah, that's hilarious. So not only do you need to be good at sport, you also need a pretty witty personality as well. <laughs> well, I, you know. I think others would challenge that side of it uh, for me, but uh, I enjoy it, and it, it you know gets those competitive juices flowing for me. Make sure that the other person's matching up with me, so it's cool. Yeah. So you have a ridiculously impressive resume um, as a basketball player and coach, and now entrepreneur in the basketball industry. You're just ticking the boxes, you know, high school, college, pro, entrepreneur, um, and I I just want to stress to the listeners that we have in the UK and in Europe how huge college sports are in the United States mm. and mm. they have crazy scholarships and I think they have bigger crowds don't they or like more you get more people tuning in to watch like March Madness oh yeah I mean it's it's all over TV it's and depending on what market you're in you know big market small market uh, everybody's making a push to watch you know, college athletics. It's uh, it's a big business here in the United States. And certainly with that big business comes, you know, some pretty incredible opportunities for, you know, student athletes to get their college paid for and, you know, things of that nature. So it's, uh, it's a big deal here for sure. Okay. So I just want to clarify. So when you go to play for a college, you're mm -hmm. gaining the benefit of um, a, a scholarship. There's no payment involved. Well, there, it depends on what level you are. If you're, pretty, oh, if you're really good, yeah. So there's Division One, there's Division Two, there's uh, Division Three, and along that Division Two portion, there's uh, two different sanctions: of the NCAA and the NAIA. Um, and uh, there's also a Division One and NAIA as well. But uh, you know, the NAIA, there's you know, you, you can get a good deal uh, off of your education, and then you know the Division one and Division two; those are full scholarships for that NCAA portion, and it's uh, it's a great deal. Now you, you you have to pour a lot of time and energy into you know earning that, but uh, it's a big discussion around here in the states. But it's but it's a it's a I think it's a great deal for for student athletes uh, to get. Yeah, that's incredible to get yeah. your life um, your lifestyle for that, and then also having your your scholarship and getting your education as well. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. with college like basketball being so huge, I, my an old roommate of mine was obsessed with college basketball and watched Ma mm. um, March Madness, and just mm. it was crazy. Our house was crazy, um, mm. and to go from a high school player to you know you're playing in front of your hometown crowd and then all of a sudden you're thrown into college crowds with tv cameras on you and you're expected to give interviews how do you handle that change and do they do any prep with you to prepare you for that sort of thing i think uh it, it depends on what level you're at but uh certainly uh where i coached were um you know a lot more you know big market 
would do with the players is is have you know conversations. We get certain people around them in our athletic departments to make sure if they're saying the right things. Um, you know, now is an interesting time, so you know, words can be you know construed one way or the other. So always preparing them for what's around the corner and questions to to expect and things of that nature. Yeah, so it's it's new for a lot of young 17, 18 year old kids, but you know, you, you, you learn to answer things the right way and you do it by osmosis, by getting around other people that have done it already, so. Yeah, that's, it's a lot of pressure to take on, isn't it, all of a sudden at such a young age. How did I you, think so, yeah. How did you handle that, that change and that change of pressure that was all of a sudden put on you as a fresh player? <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's interesting. I, I, I didn't feel like I had a whole lot of pressure. I played behind, you know, an All-American um, and then alongside, you know, an, you know, another All-American, uh, which is, you know, some of the best players here in, in the United States for my four years. So all four years I played with an All-American. So, you know, the pressure wasn't on me. It was on me. The only pressure was to make sure <laughs> they had the ball, right? Or the, that I was learning and listening. So uh, I was very fortunate in that respect. And then, you know, a lot of the pressures can come from family and friends and, you know, the expectations and you want to make them proud. And, you know, I think the, the, the greatest thing for me was I, I was fortunate enough to have great mentorship from my coaches and then from my family where, you know, there was, it was low stress, you know, it was high stakes, but low stress, you know, they're, they're proud of me when, when I played hard. So. Yeah, it is like such an inclusive experience, isn't it? You always see, you know, professional basketball players in the States um, and they're there with their family and they always, in interviews, say thanks to their family for all the support. Like it's not just the player. They seem to really include the family and the whole like community as well. People are so proud of where they come from. And then the whole town, that whole high school that they went to gets behind them as well. Absolutely. It's really cool. It's a, it's a cool little culture around it. Yeah, because here... In the UK, no one cares about the university sports. And I think it's such mm -hmm. a missed trick. Like, it's just... Well, you're a college athlete, right? Yeah, I played football and I was terrible. Yeah. I was absolutely yeah. terrible at it. And trust me, no one came out to watch me, I can tell you. Um, <laughs> and and do you know what is sad? is I don't think we, like the women's football team, I don't think we ever went to any of the men's football team either to watch them. So there wasn't hmm. even like an internal support sure. either. It's interesting. It's very interesting. Yeah. And and I do think, you know, with so many scholarships being offered, um, it would be such a platform. Like obviously I'm a huge advocate in sports. Um, it would be such a good platform and opportunity for sportsmen and women to to have that opportunity. But mm -hmm. I, I wonder sometimes with um with university, you know, you have so much pressure to perform with your grades sure. as well as perform as an athlete. And, Absolutely. and sometimes people are just gifted sportsmen or women. They might mm -hmm. not be intellectually mm -hmm. gifted. Sure. And so sometimes I think if you go to university, then there's that pressure. And what if they don't perform? Like, did you ever see that? Did you ever see any athletes struggling intellectually? And then how, how do you deal with that? Yeah. So I think every university is very different. Uh, but, but the goal is to make sure that the student athlete, uh, mo most universities, um, you know, it's big business around the, the the athletes uh, being able to perform at a high level. So to make sure that that business works, you know, you, you have to make sure you, you create an environment for these student athletes to find some sort of balance and uh, 
actually understand what they're learning um, in the time that they're pouring into their academics. And, you know, I've been very fortunate. I've been around a lot of great student athletes, uh, you know, young men that really do care about and, and women that really care about, um, you know, the academic side of things. So they find time and, you know, but it, but it's hard. So what you do is you, you make sure you have like an academic um, advisor and, and you have people around them to make sure that, you know, if there's tutoring that needs to happen, then, then they get the tutoring that they need to, to get, you know, the best grade that they can. Yeah, because I guess I'm just speaking from my experience, like, you know, I'm extremely dyslexic. And mm -hmm. I think maybe that like, university might not have been the best choice. But if you can offer someone a sports experience and the education, that is just double bonus. Um, no question. Yeah. No question. But when I was 18, I felt I mm. wanted to go be a pro skier and my family mm. wanted me to go be a businesswoman. And there was this, um, like, you know, little tug of war in the conversations in our household about where I was going to end up. And mm. it would have been great to have done both. It's such mm -hmm. an opportunity to do that. Um, well, you're doing both now. You're yeah. doing both now. Yeah, now I'm doing both. We compromised, mm -hmm. what, 12 years later? Yeah. <laughs> We got the end. Thank God I'm not trying to negotiate Brexit. It would be a 12-year negotiation. <laughs> <laughs> but so, you know, you to see your career is just um, this endless climbing ladder. So you have this amazing career at your college basketball, and then all of a sudden you're assistant coach at Costa Rica national team. Yeah. How on earth does that happen? Well, I coached initially, um, I, I worked in the corporate space after I had played basketball after college and, um, you know, I traveled and done that and uh, got my master's and then had an opportunity to go and coach at uh, Ohio State, uh, the Ohio State University, which was just an absolutely incredible experience. But uh, you're familiar with sabbaticals. I know we've kind of spoken briefly about those and, yeah, you know, the value of those. Yeah, I think they're a great with, idea large, you know, corporations, small corporations. Uh, but, but I had an opportunity for a sabbatical and, you know, I, I was, uh, and learning this is, is why you're at Ohio state. This is why I was yeah. at Ohio state and I had an opportunity to coach the Costa Rican national team. Frankly, I didn't know when I got the phone call that they had one, Yeah, uh, but they do. <laughs> and it was an incredible experience. And I was granted that opportunity by one of my, the great, uh, you know, Hall of Fame, future Hall of Fame coaches, you know, in college basketball and and uh, Coach Thad Mott was just, you know, one of the all-time great people who said, you know, I think this will be a great opportunity for you. Now, I don't know if he was trying to get me, you know, out of the office or what yeah. the deal was, but uh, <laughs> I'll take it. And it was a great opportunity. I learned so much from different people, um, not just the players, not just the culture, but 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 these coaches were just brilliant in their own right and uh, they both thought totally different and uh, I learned so much so and then I subsequently got engaged down there to my wife who I'd met in Ohio and she came down there so it was just a, a wonderful experience uh, that's a great engagement it was it was it was it was it was beautiful the the culture must have been so different within a team because you know I see it in the Premiership um, yep. sorry Champions League and the prem and um, watching the footballers you know being in the Premiership and then they go over and play for Madrid or someone like that and it's a totally different style of playing and mm -hmm. this is why I love the World Cup because I love the way the Brazilians play in comparison to the US comparison to the Spanish like it's just such a good mix and mm -hmm. we're 
when you got there, were you shocked by any obvious cultural playing differences? I, I don't think shocked would be the right word, but I, it was very, very, very different. Uh, I think the ability to shoot the ball from long range is something that, you know, here in the United States, that's, you know, I don't know if that's the Steph Curry effect, you know, um, <laughs> yeah. but, but who's one of the great players here in the world, really, but uh, plays for the Warriors. But a lot of kids nowadays, they're, they're really big into stretching the floor and, and making far shots. So uh, when, when, when I went to Costa Rica, it was, it was the complete opposite. It was, you know, a lot of uh, short shots and very physical play. So learning to play with the, within those parameters and learn to play together and do things that you'd never done before and not just win games that you'd never won before, but, you know, develop a sense of uh, team, a goal that they all truly believe that uh, they could uh, see themselves in uh, and a part of. That was that was it. And uh, I was just lucky to be a part of it. Yeah, so when you see a team playing differently, do you sure. go in and bring your ideas and say, okay, we're going to mix it up, we're going to start shooting from back? Or do you have to adapt to their way? Because I'm just thinking like in business, you yeah. know, you start working with a new, your manager, go mm -hmm. to a new company, start working with a new team. How far do you take it to implement your own ideas um, versus having the manager has to adapt to the way the team works? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I think the biggest thing is, is you have your ideas based off of your experiences, but their limitations are real. So you can't, there's, there's only so much time that you get to, to work with those limitations. So you decide to go with their strengths and make those strengths the whole reason we're here. And so you highlight those in the, the, the structure so whether it's the offense or the defense, the great things that they do, they were extremely uh, dedicated to playing physical, fast defense. So that was something that we implemented defensively, right? Um, right. Offensively, they couldn't shoot from very far. So we were going to have to move the ball and that would open up holes for driving lanes for us, right? And so that was something that we had to... And I think that's relevant to really kind of like whatever industry you're in. You can spend your time pounding the things that you don't do well so that you can get a little bit better at them. Or you can really exemplify or, or highlight the things that you do great and pour a lot more time into that. And um, so I think that's, that's one of the things that we did. And again, we had a ton of ideas on how we wanted to make this thing work, but Sometimes there's only so many things you can do based with what you have and based on the experience that you, you know, that you have in, in your back pocket, that's how you run with it. I really like that note of you saying, you know, the things that you're not very good at, do you pour loads of time in there to maybe get 10% better or do right. you take the things that you're really good at and expand on those? And I see it so often, like, um, you know, it's like banging your head against the wall. You see it in schools. You see it in the work environment, you see it on the field and the court. And I just, that's where a team comes together though, isn't it? That's when you're, yeah. when you're compiling your team, you're like, you're really good at this, so you do that. You're really good at this, so you do that. Um, and that must have been something you had to be so aware of when you were um, doing recruiting for the mm -hmm. basketball team. That was Ohio State. Yeah, I, I um, again, I, I would, all right, so I, when I was at, St. Ambrose University. It's just an incredible world-class university. So, so recruiting players 
and families to that university was just, it was a treat, right? And then you have the Ohio State University, which is one of the greatest places on earth. And so to, to be able to recruit families and student athletes to that university is just, I mean, that's, that's fun. Now, uh, I think the biggest thing is, is uh, you, you know, there's different ways to recruit. You can recruit to a system, you know, a way that you like to coach. Uh, whether it's an offensive scheme or a defensive, you know, approach that you have, you can go and look and find players that fit that mold. Or you can go and get the greatest athletes or the smartest players or the players with the most upside. And then you say, based on what they do, I'm going to create a system around them to highlight them and their skill sets. And so uh, both uh, programs that I that I was at, that was more of this, the, the idea around it. Um, was to go get the best that you could of you know whatever ideals that you you know thought were the best, and and then and then you just coach them up to be the greatest that they can be uh, within whatever scheme you know works best for them. So you're you're coaching them up because I'm just thinking you know when when you recruit for employees, you have your resume. And how how far do you go beyond the resume? Are you, do you just hire for the resume? Mm-hmm. You know, you've just got the best player. Um, that's all they're good at. But then mm-hmm. there's the other side of them um, having the determination, a bigger personality, being able to lead the team, or people going to migrate mm-hmm. towards them, and mm-hmm. all these other things. And I've been for interviews where people haven't even looked up from their resume once at me. Like, first of all, it's just rude not having eye contact. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. also, I just feel like there's no. Um, engagement or storytelling is just what's on the paper and for Mm. me that that just isn't how I hire at all that's never Mm -hmm. how I would hire someone um Mm -hmm. so you're watching people on the court Mm -hmm. how do you go beyond that I suppose on the court you're seeing the way they interact with with other players and then afterwards you're obviously having a chat like how do you see more than the yeah that's a great question that's a great question so I think it's really important to spend as much time as you can with them which you're only allotted X amount of time uh, for for them to come in and spend time on your campus and spend time with your your, your team and your coaching staff, uh, and and then you want to make sure that you're connected to them before they come on campus, uh, so that you you both have a feel for who each other is and you, you know the expectations at the university for the program. So the only way you do that is you communicate, you talk, you text, you FaceTime. And you do that as much as you can uh, within reason, right? So then you also have an opportunity to dig a little bit deeper and find out who they are as a student, who they are as a you know a classmate. And so you have to talk to teachers, you have to talk to principals, you have to talk to you know people at their you know in their AAU program to find out a little bit more about. And AAU is kind of like a travel uh, program uh, for for high school and middle schools uh, okay. players. So. You're really just going to want to, you know, get to know everybody around them so that you get a better feel for who they are. So when they come on campus, there's no questions. They both know, you know, and I know who we are and what we're here for. So now we can run together. That's such a great way because that just goes beyond the core. And I wish more like employers did that go beyond the office walls, because really, when you think about it, you go, if you're going for a job, you go through what, two, maybe three interviews. 
and mm. they might be an hour long. So really, you've only got three hours and probably not with the same person either. You get through the first round, then you go talk to the boss, get through that round, then you go talk to the bigger boss. Mm-hmm. Um, so no one's had a solid amount of time for you. And let's face it, it's very easy to put on a smile um, for that short amount of time as well and not really get to see the real you. So I love that you just said that you FaceTime, you chat on the phone, you know, you get to really know the people around them. And, and I'm really mm-hmm. going to take that with me for hiring in the future. Um, for me, when I hire people, I like, I like to go um, hiking mm-hmm. because, first of all, I work in an athletic space. Um, it doesn't need to be why we don't need to go hike, you know, the highest mountain in the UK or anything, but just go out walking. And I find that you get to spend a whole day with someone and you really get to know them. And also being outdoors, people open up so much um, mm-hmm. and get to their true personality. And also kind of part of the test is to see people out of their comfort zone. Um, mm-hmm. If you're out hiking, you know, how are they going to deal with talking while they're panting out of breath and you're walking uphill or maybe the fog comes in or it starts pouring rain? How are they going to handle um, all of a sudden mm-hmm. the rain starts falling down? So, yeah, that's interesting. That's really interesting. I, I, I've never thought of, you know, that approach, but uh, I think that's cool. Yeah, I know someone who takes it when they're interviewing someone, they get them to drive <laughs> oh, really? and they get to see how they're responding. So obviously they're nervous driving. Um, but they're being a bunch of questions of being fired at them as well. So, yeah, it's kind of, everyone uh-huh. has their own technique. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but but now, um, you know, you're in your entrepreneur role of Spark Sports and mm-hmm. you have a tremendous team with you. I mean, just um, impressive uh, players with you as well. And you're coaching kids and parents as well in basketball. And obviously you're doing the speaking and everything as well. And how did you make that shift from um because you went from athlete to coach and now you've gone to entrepreneur like how and why did that transition happen well i wanted to create some stability uh for my for my wife you know i realized um i need her uh, a great yeah. deal and, um, <laughs> you're one of the I few men that realize yeah <laughs> so um you know, college coaching is, is awesome. It's truly an incredible profession with great people. And uh, I just, it was an opportunity for me to kind of put down some some roots and and build. And, and I always felt like I was one. I was the son of one. So my father is an entrepreneur and my, my mother is an educator. So, you know, the opportunity to build a business, much like my father, and to do it around, you know, teaching and, you know, um, educating on what I know best is uh, is something that I felt like I was inherently bred to do. So it's been something that uh, I explored a great deal prior to jumping in. But, uh, you know, with the blessing of my fiance at the time, she said, hey, I, I believe in you. I trust you. Let's do it. And so wow. with that, I mean, how could you lose? So very fortunate. And um, I've, uh, you know, I've been very, very lucky to be, be able to work with some great people and then uh, some incredible families that, that believe in me and, and what we're doing. So, It's amazing to have a partner who's so supportive because they're mm-hmm. the person you spend the most amount of time with. And just to feel, you know, they see things in yourself that sometimes you can't see yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing to have an outsider say, you can do this because you've got these skills and I know you can do it. And it's just incredible to have that backup. It is. It's awesome. And we all search for it. We all try to find it. I'm very fortunate to have found it. 
um, you know, she's sacrificed a great deal and, uh, I'm just so fortunate to have her, you know, as my best friend. So, yeah, my, um, my boyfriend does triathlons and, uh, he, he trains so hard mm -hmm. to do it. And mm -hmm. I support him mm -hmm. by making inappropriate signs and cheering him on at the side <laughs> of the races. <laughs> I love it. I love I like, it. That's some, awesome. Sometimes I want to make signs with motivational quotes, and I think, nah, this is way more better. <laughs> this is way better <laughs> with the inappropriate signs. So. Oh, that's cool. I'm sure he really appreciates it. Yeah, yeah. And um, same with my family as well. You know, I, I think with the English culture, we very much make fun of each other. If you love someone, you make fun of them. And mm -hmm. um, when I wanted to go off to be a skier and starting my business, you know, my family just makes fun of me the whole time for it. Um, but I know that that's their way of supporting me. <laughs> sure, sure. The cultural differences, no question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so now that you're working um, yeah. in more of like a professional uh, role, I suppose, how do you ensure the same team bonding and team building that you have when you were working with athletes on the court? I think spending spending as much time with each other is important. I think it's a great way to learn. Uh, you know, that's the other part of that hiring process. I didn't want to step over you on that one, but I think, you know, how how open are you to learning? Because how many people take a job and they've already done it? There's a so there, there's a great number of people, but there's a great number of people that have never done that job before. So if they're open to learning and they're open to you know, other ideas. I think that's a huge component of a hiring process that I look for, you know, because I'm the same way. You know, I know I don't have it all figured out, but that's why I feel like it's so important to surround myself with people um, who do, right? Or people who are smarter than me, whether it's in my space or, you know, I, I find a lot of mentors uh, in different spaces so they can advise me on what I'm doing wrong or their thoughts or ideas and I'm open to it, you know, so my goal is ultimately, you know, to, to build an organization to where families feel safe uh, and where they feel like this is an extremely nurturing environment and they have the best people and, and teaching um, at their fingertips that they can't get anywhere else. Right. And then the winning and, you know, uh, all the other stuff beyond that kind of takes care of itself. Right. So uh, the, I, to answer your question, getting all our coaches around each other, our trainers, you know, our families, getting them around each other is super important. And, you know, it's something people talk about all the time with culture, but that doesn't just happen. I think you, you have to get each other around each other and you've got to share ideas and um, you got to make mistakes. You've got to, you know, be open to growing. And so. I think everything you just said there is your athlete mentality um, about, you know, you've got to make mistakes. It's the only way to get better. And also mm -hmm. finding mentors and, you know, getting, getting smarter people around you. Um, as an athlete, you always look up to coaches, to trainers. You look up to other mm -hmm. athletes. You ask your teammates for help, mm -hmm. advice. Athletes are so open to pointers and, Mm. Um, rarely, obviously it happens, but rarely get defensive when someone tells them, hey, you're not doing this very well, let's do this instead. Rather mm -hmm. than getting defensive and reacting, athletes go, okay, and just get on with it. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like you've taken a lot of your athlete mentality into your workplace now. Well, I, I thought I had it all figured out now. No, you know, I mean, you know, it's one of those things. 
So, so you think you have it all figured out and then you, you realize you're, you've hit a wall. And I think when I became even more open to, to learning um, and you go through those, it's like the kind of the evolution of, you know, you as a person, you as a, you know, an athlete or, or, you know, an entrepreneur or a business, but all of a sudden you realize I don't know it all. I've reached <laughs> a point where like, I need to start getting myself around people that know more than me to challenge me because th- this, this is, this can't be it. You know, there's gotta be more. And so, uh, that, that I've gone through a couple of those stages and, you know, checking my ego at the door came a long time ago. Um, and so, you know, in, in different moments, but it's been, it's been fun to be able to get around people that know more than me and are able to challenge me. Look, I've been challenged my whole life now. So I've been open to that um, every once yeah. in a while. I have a twin, so who is uh, <laughs> comparable, at, to say the very least, at, at everything that I do. So he's uh, he's a rock star, and you know, you know, learning from him and growing with him was, you know, obviously an advantage for me. Um, go, leading into team sports and you know anything else that I ever did. Yeah, sibling rivalry I think helps gets mm. you to great places. It, it it got me places. Um, I don't know, great places. That's up for discussion as well. But <laughs> it's been a lot. It's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun being a, being a twin. Yeah, my brother definitely was the one that pushed me on my skis. My brother is a total adrenaline junkie. He's mm. um he's a war photographer, so he's always out in crazy zones. And um, he he has no patience. He's the most impatient person ever. Mm. And so when we used to go skiing, if we used to go jump off cliffs, he would jump off a cliff. And then obviously wait at the bottom and I'd be like, oh, should I, shouldn't I, I'm scared, I don't know. And my brother would be like, are you doing it or what? Because I'm not waiting. And he would just (laughs) ski off and leave me on top of this cliff. So I had no choice but to just go. (laughs) (laughs) How did you do? Yeah, I did all right. There you go. go. I had to, I didn't want to be left alone. (laughs) There you go. Awesome. Yes, that was good, but. Um, Christopher, I've really, really enjoyed talking to you. I haven't even touched the surface of, of the amount of questions that I have for you. Um, I've just just loved getting to know your career, and I'm so excited to watch you in the future and and enjoy smart sports as well. I hope maybe uh-huh. one day you can show me some skills. Oh, I, I, I think that would be a lot of fun. Um, you know, it's been a real treat. I appreciate you having me, and, you know, if you ever want to do this again, I, you know, I... I I'd love to do it. You you did a great job. This has been a lot of fun. Great. Thank you so much, Christopher. Thank you. Thank you you so much to Christopher for joining us. I'm thrilled that he was able to chat with us. And like I said, I hope he comes back on the podcast because I feel like I didn't even scratch the surface for some of the things. I really want to get into detail about his time at the Washington Generals. So I do hope he comes back as a, as a guest another time. I hope he's given you some good things to think about, a little bit of insight. So how you can progress in your own career, things that you can do that will help you move forward in the future. Like Christopher said, you know, reaching out to people that are doing the things that you want to do and talking to them and learning from them. Um, also recruiting, you know, what are you looking for in an individual that you know will contribute towards the success of your team? And of course, the cultural differences, whether you're moving into a different team or company, the culture can be very different. And how are you going to adapt your leadership and management skills um, to to get the most out of your team and have the success that you want? 
So please leave us a five-star review, as I said, and you can find The Corporate Athlete on Instagram at the underscore corporate underscore athlete. And of course, you can find out more information about Christopher at spartsports.com with Zs. And I'm sure he would be more than happy to connect with you and answer any questions that you may have. So thank you so much for listening. I'm so grateful for your time. And we look forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks. <laughs>